episode will be focusing quite a lot on Comic-Con, which just finished in San Diego Yep, a lot of week. stuff came out over the last few days uh, over there at San Diego. I was getting a little nostalgic reading some of that shit. Yeah. Every time when Comic-Con like, comes out, fuck, I don't give a shit. Every time I saw a line, uh, hashtag, that line, Hall Hate, was it, Hall Hate line, yeah. it's like, it wasn't that bad when we were there. Uh, but it has it has gotten quite bad. when That year the, when we went, we were quite lucky. Yeah. We were really lucky. I mean, you, you went that one day. There the was Saturday there was, when you were in your panel. When there was... We, that was the skyline day. Skyline right? panel, yeah. No one was there for that. I walked past like, I'm to the queue. Is it over? And I no just one... walked in and it was, I sat down beside a guy who, in a Marvel, in a Captain America t-shirt who'd been there since 7.30 that morning <laughs> waiting for the Marvel panel at 4.30 or 5. And I just walked in and sat down beside him. I was like, how's it going? He's like, so hungry. Uh, but uh, we shall be reviewing some movies out of that. I'll be doing two really quick reviews of a couple of old films. Well, um, one of them's not really old. Um, I'll be reviewing Grand Piano, the new Elijah Wood John Cusack film, uh, also known as Speed at a Piano. And uh, I'll also be talking a little bit about Out of the Furnace, which is uh, a little bit of an old movie, but I recently watched it and thought I should talk about it a little bit. Cool. Uh, I recently saw Muppets Most Wanted, 300 Rise of an Empire, and this morning saw Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, so this is an up-to-date show. We're not just wasting yeah. your time. You no. Know, we, we got we got the, uh, the in-shit right here. yeah. <laughs> the experience is not even cold. Yeah. All right, but yeah, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the stuff that was happening uh, at the Comic Con. So we got we got to start with the big one. The big well, the big one may be different for you. The big one for me is uh, Batman Superman. Yeah, that's what, that's the big one. Yeah, that's the big one. The first footage of that was shown and it was leaked online from lots of phone cams, which yeah. they always say don't do it because people bring shit to Comic Con to kind of build buzz there. Mm-hmm. Although, have you heard lots of outlets have been saying about how? Comic-Con's getting less worth it? Yes. Because... Uh, it, there's This year especially, there's been a little bit of backlash um, about that also. Not, not just in terms of that, but also in terms of um, what, what movie studios brought to show mm. compared to the last few years. This year, you know, the, you know, some of the DC, Marvel stuff aside, but even Marvel was considered a little bit of a disappointment this year. Really? Well, I heard they showed quite a lot, and they review, revealed quite a lot as well. They didn't really reveal as much as they as they normally do. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I mean, 70% of the panel, from what I understand, was Avengers. Yeah. Uh, so that's just one film. Yeah, um, Ant-Man was there as well. They, I think Kevin Feige said they were only there to talk Avengers and Ant-Man, that was it. Right, but I think people were expecting a little bit more. I think people were expecting some Doctor Strange news. Um, perhaps casting news mm. um, about some of those things, and especially after. And uh, I remember reading some of it. Part of the problem with um, with what Marvel did was that they made all of um, like ninety percent of the announcements they made at Comic Con they had already made before. Ah. Um, so you know that's all. It's all well and good to just go there and say, "Oh, we're only here to talk about the Avengers and Ant Man." But it's mm. not the smartest thing to say after you've already announced Doctor Strange, you've already announced the director for Doctor Strange, and, you've and, and you've already announced slots. and you've already announced a whole bunch of movies leading into 2018 that we don't even know what they are. They still haven't said what they are. Yeah. So if you're, you know, uh, I, so it probably wasn't the smartest thing to go and make all of those pre Comic Con announcements 
and then go to Comic-Con where you are generally regarded as the favorite son. Mm. <laughs> and piss them off. And pissed. I mean, I don't know if people were pissed off, yeah. but there were a couple of articles that said that compared to the, the last couple of years especially, I mean, I think the biggest one was probably the one that you went to because it was the big one before Avengers. Yeah. Um, and it was the one where we got to be in Tron. Yeah. That's and right. that's, I saw someone on Twitter saying, like, apart from Marvel, Disney weren't a Comic-Con. Yes. Well, they haven't been maybe the last year or two. So. Well, they 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 they've been uh, saving a lot of their stuff for um, their own convention. Oh, the D twenty three or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when that's when Disney does most of their shit, and it's better for it anyway. I mean, you look at the stuff that Disney's got coming out. Comic Con's not really the core no. market. Although I'm sure there was plenty of Elsa's dressed from Frozen. Probably, around probably. Around yeah, but they don't need the Comic Con. Um, they don't need to go to Comic Con to sell Frozen two. No. <laughs> if everyone and their fucking grandmother's gonna go see it. But, um, you know, and yeah, like, you know, the, the Cinderella panel is going to bring the fucking house down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they're probably better off keeping their stuff to their own convention. That fucking shoe teaser. <laughs> I didn't have an issue with it. You really hated it. I was like, it's a fucking shoe for a minute and a half. It's a fucking teaser. It's a fucking shoe. It's not just a shoe. It's like, it's a crystal shoe. It's, it's, it's a glass slipper, you idiot. It's a crystal, but it, it's, it, the way they do it makes it look like it's all crystallized and shit. So anyway, Superman. <laughs> oh, that was was that on crack? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Superman and Batman. So they they, they showed some footage, um, which sounded amazing, and even in the blurry vision, it's amazing. But it also raises more questions. Yes. So the, the footage itself is. I I I've decided I'm not going to ask any questions about this movie for at least a week. I'm just going. I'm just going to enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the illusion that it, it's going to be as badass as I hope it's going to be. Yeah. If you want to see it, if you look, if you look fast. Daily Motion. If you go to dailymotion.com and you do a search for Batman or Superman or both, you'll, you should be able to find it. They keep taking it down, but they keep putting it up. Just a quick rundown of the footage. It was essentially exactly the same as The Dark Knight Returns just before Batman and Superman go at it. Yeah. Pretty much exactly the same. Batman's there in a fucking hooded metal cowl. He's, he's got his metal armor on just like Dark Knight Returns. He's he, dusting off the old bat signal. He p- turns it on, the bat signal fills the sky, it's fucking raining, and thunder and, thunder and lightning everywhere. And Two then, red points of light appear through and then the you see rain. Bat- and then you see Superman, arms crossed, looking pissed. Yeah. And then, then cuts back to Batman, Batman's just looking at him like, what's up? And his eyes are all lit up a la Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, shit's just about to get real. Game on. Yeah. But I don't know what I found more, more entertaining watching the footage. It doesn't mean, you know, it's bad. It's watching the footage... Or, or listening to people watch the footage. Oh, really? Because <laughs> the guy who was uh, sitting next to the guy who was taping it, or the guy who was taping it, he lost his shit <laughs> when when um, when Superman revealed himself. Yeah. The guy like literally like he literally went, "Oh God! <laughs> oh my God! Oh!" <laughs> and you, you gotta crack up because you hear that shit. Yeah. At, at, in in Hall H. Hall H is a crazy 6,000 people slowly losing their minds but some people really do just go into it fucking batshit insane there's uh, I mean what worries me about this is that that very much sets up it's the Dark Knight Returns yes and even though last Comic Con Zack Snyder said they're not telling this story they are using this story as a way to tell another uh, another story yeah so you do wonder like because this that, that, sh- that should be the pinnacle or the climax of any Superman Batman movie yeah. Ideally. But when they're talking about everything else, they also release a picture of Gal Gadot and her Xena outfit. Yeah. Uh, it's supposed to be Wonder Woman, but it's fucking Xena. Yeah. Um, it's actually pretty cool. I mean, the only issue with it is just uh, the colors. 
Yeah, well, I mean, maybe it works with the Amazon Princess thing. For no, me, it's I mean, the like, heels. It's the fucking skyrocket heels is my problem with it. Because mm-hmm. she's got to look like she's got to be fighting in it. And she's got to yeah. be, you know... It's not just, oh, she looks cool in heels and we'll use flat boots for the fight scenes. It's like, it kind of speaks to the character as a whole. Yeah. Like, she would wear kick-ass boots. Like, kicking-ass boots. Yeah. Not fuck me boots. Wonder Woman doesn't wear flats, though. Well, it depends when you're, what, which version. <laughs> um, I didn't have an issue with the boots. I didn't have an issue with the costume. Um, I'm going to wait till I see... The, the only, I mean, the, the issue I have in the costume is just more in terms of the color, because mm-hmm. it doesn't look like uh, the color from the comic. No. I mean, it's uh, brown. I, yeah, it's brown. It's brown, gold, with like really like sort of like light yellows, which is kind of gold. But, um. And she's wearing a backpack or something. I had talked shit about uh, uh, Gal Gadot, uh, Cass, Cass, I think she looks good in this picture. However, I still don't think she's the right physical type. No. She still looks. Wayfish. Pretty wayfish to me. So, and if this is the finished thing, I mean. Also, her headband's kind of not fitting properly. She's got this weird sort of uh, center parting on, on, in the hair that makes the top of her hair look really flat. And she's lit from behind, so the hair on the, like, the left, I think it's the right-hand side of her head, is, looks thin. Yeah. Like she's going bald. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or she got singed by the fire all around her. Yeah, and, and she's got this look on her face like, do I really need to be here? Yeah. <laughs> she, you know, if you just look at, if you look, if you look at the picture, I mean, like, we'll, we'll put it up with the, yeah. with the notes, but when you look at this picture... And if you just sort of like close up on the face, she really just sort of looks like she's looking at someone she's mildly annoyed with. Yeah. It's like, oh Christ, really? You again? You left the seat up? Jesus. You know, it's not something like that. She yeah. doesn't look like she's about to run into battle. It's just no. not that much. And who else has they got? So they got her, they got Cyborgs being cast. Was Jason Momoa Aquaman? Is that confirmed? Um, I think it's confirmed. Yeah. Yes, Jason Momoa is playing Aquaman. So unless it's like a five-minute thing at the end where they turn up and said, hey, stop trashing Gotham, I don't know what they're going to... Hey, you guys, maybe we should form a league or something. It's probably... There's probably going to be a cliffhanger a- angle to it, mm. which um, I-, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying not to think about that aspect of it. Yeah. Because it would be great if they can pull it off. I don't see how they can pull it off, but... Yeah. It'll be really cool if they can. Yeah, because Avengers was able to skip over a lot of stuff because it had done the movies. Yeah. yeah. The separate movies. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle this. I mean, the one thing that it's got going for it is that it's not a Justice League movie. No. Um, so hopefully they will be smart enough to keep some characters for Justice League. Yeah. And not try and flesh everyone out here. But because of the task they've set themselves, they're fucked either way. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're not going to please everyone with this one, no matter how cool it is. No. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's still a quite a big handful of people who hate the Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking funny. But, yeah, uh, this was this was definitely the, probably the biggest thing for me to come out of Comic-Con. There was some footage from Marvel with regards to the Avengers, which hasn't leaked as far as I'm aware. And there's some, like, Ultron strides into, like, Avengers Tower and it's just like, you're terrible fucking heroes. People get killed all the time. I'm here to replace you all. And the posters, Marvel released, I think it was six posters. Yes. That you can put all, every day of the Comic-Con, they release a different one or yeah, times. Yeah, all of them together, and it just shows this massive, epic battle between the Avengers and an ocean of mini-Ultrons. Yeah. And <laughs> it, I don't think Mar- it was... Mar- Marvel superheroes just can't get away from fighting robots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like... Well, no, but the thing is, if they fight people, then you've got all these other problems. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. You know but it's just like, they're all slowly becoming Iron Man. Yeah. And it's just... Stop fighting fucking robots! Yeah, but uh, one thing they did reveal—I mean, I don't know—did they reveal Paul Bettany was playing Vision? Yes, they did. Uh, before the Comic Con, yes, because yes. I, I missed that. No, 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 they, they did, they did. Yeah, because that I mean the Vision. I, I forgot about it. Yeah, I forgot that 
not I mean not only did I forget that Paul Bettany had been cast as Vision I forgot that Vision was gonna be in it. Yeah, no, and me then, too. Yeah. And, and then I was very pleasantly surprised when that little uh, when that section of the poster I think it's the Quicksilver section, right? Yeah. Quicksilver's running through bidding of loads in the background, floating above it all in his fucking yellow, green and red outfit is ah. the fucking vision facing away from the camera. Yeah. And that looked cool. Yeah. Because he looks exactly like he does in the comics. Which is a terrible idea. I know. <laughs> it's the worst. But if anyone can pull it off, it's Marvel. Hopefully. Yep. And speaking of Paul although Bettany... I, although I've got to say, I don't... I, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't like Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch's look. No. Don't like They it. just look like goth kids. Yeah. Like, or he yeah. looks like an extra from The Hunger Games in the second one where they're wearing those wetsuit things. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. wearing this kind of weird wetsuit mesh yeah. body thing. Yeah. It, I just... I mean, I don't know how they're going to do it, you know, and, and Elizabeth Olsen in that poster, she looks like she's at a rave. Because <laughs> she's got a little bolero jacket she, on. No, but she's, she's got this, like, her physicality, the way she's standing, she's like, she's in the middle of a really bad dance move. <laughs> even, of, even, her, even her face, it's not like I'm in the middle of a battle, it's just like, fuck yeah, <laughs> kind of face. Drop the bass. <laughs> This shit is awesome. Well, I'll put a link up in the comments. There's um, this is a really good pill. There's a great interview with Paul Bettany and Io9, and it really shows his character as an actor, not so much what he's talking about, because the way he dodges around the questions is very funny. Yeah, it's like when I did Jarvis, I didn't think I'd be. It's in the Marvel rulebook; you can't replay really two characters unless it's called for. Yeah, and he was happy enough to do it, and he was happy enough to turn up, get bags of cash, do you yeah, know, yeah, forty-five yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I saw this, and now I got actually work for my money. Yeah, now I got to turn up. I got to put on a suit, and then it's like, how's the suit like? How does it make you? How does it make the other actors feel when you're in the suit? It's like, oh, pity, because it's fucking hot. <laughs> Apparently, even Ben Affleck's having a tough time. Really? With the Batman suit. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, you kind just of make a suit you can fucking pee in. You kind of get the impression, understandably so, that they would sacrifice a lot of practicality for for visuals. But it can't be that hard to just put a fly under a codpiece. No, I mean, I'm sure for close-ups and shit, it's not so much of an issue. Yeah. But uh, I guess it's just trying to do normal shit. Mm. I guess well, and 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 I suppose he, he will have different Batman outfits. Yeah, and I wonder can he turn his head? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's back to the Keaton Batman. But yeah, it's, it's like Bettany talking about like you know turn up and take his bag of cash with swag written on in his black and white jumper. It was quite fun. Or talking about working with James Spader and being on set with him seemed kind of cool as well. Mm. There's some interesting. Uh, just like the end, you can see in his eyes that he's totally getting into Ultron and stuff, and that's that's cool. He's getting into playing Ultron, James Spader. James Spader, the craziest less than zero reunion you'll ever see. <laughs> uh, Legendary had a lot of news here. One is that uh, Godzilla 2 will be happening. And that Gareth Edwards will be directing it. Oh, he will, will he? Yeah. But they've also announced that it's going to have Mothra and Rodan as well as King Ghidorah, which is yeah. fucking nuts. Yeah. We didn't, did we? Did I review it or did you see it? Did we both saw it? Had you seen it after I reviewed it? I saw it, it after you, but yeah. we, we, we both reviewed it. Yeah, actually no. I think I think just you reviewed. It. Yeah, you enjoyed it, right? Oh yeah, I really liked it. Yeah. yeah. Did you laugh when the cutaways happened from the action? Um, I, I smiled. I didn't laugh. Yeah. I, I could see what he was doing. Yeah. You know, and it was very cool. However, I would have liked a little bit more Godzilla. Yeah, and a little less Aaron Taylor Johnson. Not much. And just a little. A little. I, if we had a Godzilla and a Breaking Bad the same amount, that would be awesome. Yeah. Or even a little bit more Juliette Binoche. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, hey, I'm just going over here for a bit. Oh, I'm dead. Bye. Yeah, yeah Kick-Ass just kind of pissed me off after a while. I was just like, ah, this motherfucker? He's <laughs> wandering into shit. And, and he's got to be really careful because he, he, he can look really dumb sometimes. Yeah, and when he's just looking when aghast. He, when he's just sort of like, ooh, ooh, you know, he looks really dumb. Because uh, Ken Watanabe really sold that. 
looking shocked at stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, there should be a Tumblr out there. You know, like, you know, what was it? Kim Jong-il points at stuff. There's one that should be just Kim like Ken Watanabe Kim spent looks... the whole movie looking like he was listening in on an earpiece of someone telling him how, you know, how his restaurant back in Hong Kong was going. <laughs> you know, he constantly looked like he was getting bad business reports or something. <laughs> <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> and Sally Hawkins was just, yay. But yeah. Uh, it was more, it was problems with that movie, but it's interesting to have it. And also, it's interesting that Legendary have ne- are do, you know doing Godzilla, and they're also now doing Skull Island, Skull Island which is going to be a King Kong prequel. Yes, which they which announced out of nowhere. Yeah, um, which confused a lot of people. Yeah, because uh, people were expecting um, Voltron. They're always no, expecting no, no, no. They were expecting Jurassic Park three. Oh, a uh, four, four. Sorry, they were expecting Jurassic, which they're really supposed to four, which is kind of eighties and cool. Yeah. Which you can buy for like 400 US on eBay right now. <laughs> <laughs> was it a Mondo, was it? Uh, no, no, it wasn't Mondo. Uh, but I've looked at the Mondo stuff. Mondo did um, um, a heavy metal poster. Oh, yeah? They did two heavy metal posters. Uh, one regular one, one variant, which in which uh, heavy metal, the font, uh, the uh, it's in Japanese. Oh, nice. Fuck, uh, yeah, it's good. You cost through the nose. <laughs> we've never, we've never been, you've never been able to find that Star Trek poster with the Japanese text. I've been, no. Fuck. I've been looking for it. I've, I, I've another poster I've been looking for. Hey, if any of you, if any of you, any of you out there, fucking uh, email us at podcast at mcgappenprize.com if you fi- if you find this shit. That's podcast at, at mcgappenprize.com. I'm looking for um, full size original um, Watchmen poster in Japanese. It just looks cooler. It just looks cool. I've seen it. Yeah. I, I've seen it. Uh, like, I know what it looks like. It looks fucking awesome. I want that shit. I, I was, you know, I, I thought that it would translate really well for Scott Pilgrim. But I've seen the Scott Pilgrim Japanese poster. I don't like it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, but apparently... Uh, so Skull Island was announced with no... I decided if I can't have a Japanese mistress, then I want Japanese posters. Yeah, you're a movie <laughs> mistress. Yeah. Um, apparently, because uh, they announced Skull Island without any director or anything attached or any storyline or apart. Apart from it, like, it pulls up, it goes across the island with the skull and you see Kong. Um, well, they have made an announcement, right? They have made an... That's called a segue, asshole. Oh, right. Um, Attack the Block director Joe Cornish has apparently been approached. Yeah, I don't know. Now that he's free from Ant-Man. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, um... Oh, I, I used to listen to him fuck around on the radio with um, Adam, Adam and Joe show in the UK. Because mm-hmm. they did the Channel 4 show where they basically animated Star Wars toys before Robot Chicken got the idea. Mm-hmm. And they're funny fuckers. He wrote one of the best... Bond themes of all time. Like they would just use GarageBand on uh, iTunes or on Apple to like use the built-in beats and sing songs over it. They called it Song Wars, and people would vote. Mm-hmm. And it was a Quantum of Solace. <laughs> and it's like, what was he singing? I've, uh, oh, I need a Quantum of Solace. Only a Quantum. You may have more, but I don't want them. <laughs> that kind of level shit. So it's weird to hear think about him doing King Kong. But apparently, he's also doing another project called Section Six. Uh, starring Jack O'Connell, who is in 300 Rise of an Empire, mm-hmm. as a young British World War One veteran who's got a secret message, secret mission to recover coded assassination orders in Russia in 1919, which is a complete departure for him, which would be interesting to see yeah. what he does. And he was also one of the uh, guys who wrote Tintin. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's a very talented guy. Um, yeah. I um, hate him. Yeah, man. Fuck, fuck him, dude. Fuck no, but uh, this isn't the first time this was brought up. Um, Skull Island, the idea of doing Skull uh, a King Kong prequel called Skull Island came up about a year or two ago mm-hmm. with Neil Marshall um, oh. announced as 
writer director. And then he just thought, well, I can just keep doing Game One Game of Thrones episode a year, and that pays for everything. I don't know what happened there. It's like uh, if, you, if you watch Game of Thrones and it says at the beginning the director of that episode and pops up Neil Marshall, you're like, all right, well, we'll get the fucking popcorn on because this is going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> and it's he never fails to deliver. Oh, but the, and the, the writer for uh, Godzilla will be writing the script for Skullant, Max Bornstein. Ah, cool. So that's interesting because I was surprised at how well Godzilla did a movie monster right with my vague memories of Godzilla. Yeah. With, you know, only late night Channel 4 watching people in silver. It's probably Mechagodzilla or Terror or Technical. No, it was a very, uh, it was a very respectful uh, film. It was, it was very respectful to its heritage, where it came from. Because uh, the original Godzilla is uh, very similarly paced. Yeah. You know, Godzilla's not in it anywhere near as much as you think he might. But they in, nailed... Anywhere near as often as you think he They might. nailed that line between we're terrified of him and he fights for us. Kind yeah. of. He doesn't really. We just... Our, our, our goals align at that particular time. I hope that they go uh, more global mm. with the, the, the second one. I hope that they don't feel the need to have it all be in America. Or... Yeah. Um, especially if they're going to do the whole thing with like a... a with Mothra and all the other different monsters and different creatures, I think it'll be good fun to just have them in different places. Is it Mothra that's controlled? Because I was looking up some shit for a thing I was going to do, but fell through. Mothra is the one that's controlled by two tiny fairies, right? Or is that Rodan? I think that's Rodan. I don't and think does, that's Mothra. Does, does Rodan not turn into Mothra at some point? I don't know. But there's two tiny, high-pitched, six-inch fairies that control Mothra for some fucking reason. Or Rodan. I have no memory of that. <laughs> no, I, I had no memory of it either until I was looking at YouTube clips of the old movies and they're like talking to these tiny fairies and then Rodon gets all pissed. <laughs> um, hang on a second. And they sing. They sing and then Rodon does stuff. It is. No, it's Mothra. It is Mothra. So they sing and then Mothra attacks based upon what they tell him to do, apparently. Fuck. Yeah, the, the, good luck, Max, with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mothra is generally portrayed as a giant insect that lives on a tropical island where it is worshipped as a deity. It is a peaceful character that only fights to protect itself, its allies, or the earth. It is usually accompanied by miniature twin fairies <laughs> who summon it into battle by singing a prayer. Awesome. I want to see them do that with, I, with Gareth Edwards. I hope they do it like this. And I hope Godzilla accidentally stands on them or something. <laughs> <laughs> the rebirth of Mothra trilogy expanded on their characterization, giving the fairies names Laura and Maul. Maul. And an evil sister named Belvira. Oh. <laughs> uh. That's so ridiculous, I hope they do it. Yeah. Uh. The other things that came out of Comic Con then, so Mad Max Fury Road, which has been in development forever. Yeah. Got a trailer which has been released online. Yep. You can Google that, it'll yep. be in the no, list as well. And uh, it looks like a nineteen ninety four movie. Yeah. In a really good way. In a really good way. It looks like a follow up to the Thunderdrum. Um yeah, I mean it's it's not really a trailer, it's more just a um, mood trailer kind of thing. More you just see like a you just see like a whole bunch of cars just smashing into each other in the middle of the desert. Carriage. It looks amazing. Yeah. It looks amazing. Um and I did look at the trailer again, there's a it few looked, things. I mean, it looks like Mad Max. Yeah. Which is great. And, I mean, um, was it the and, VW with the spikes? Yeah. And then they're getting, just getting fucking trashed by another car driving headlong into it? Yeah. That's what Mad Max was. Yeah. And um, Tom Hardy seems to have the voice down. Uh, and, and no, Tom Hardy's great casting. Tom Hardy's really good casting for this. And um, Charlie Theron looks badass. 
a big robot arm. Um, the you know Transformers Three chick looks completely out of place. I mean, like, she's one of the chicks in white. Is she? Yeah, yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Here? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's this whole mystical thing going up. These chicks in white, and everyone's after them. Did you see? What, I did pause it on the screen where they where they capture the, the, these marauders capture Max, but then they tattoo him. Yeah. And you see what they tattoo? No. It's like blood type, and like I don't know whether they want to use him. It's like because he's the he's a universal donor. Right. So they, they keep my life strapped onto the front of the truck for fuck's yeah, sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that looks cool. And it has like little notes like uh, a lot of scars, heel scars on front, uh, heels fast, brackets, road warrior, which is like, yeah, road warrior. <laughs> there's, a, there's, there's some CGI in there where a storm comes in and some of it looks a bit dodged, but there's one shot of the convoy and just a big cloud coming in. They're racing into it. That looks amazing. Like it's a total screensaver. You want to have that on your desktop. It looks really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, but uh, that looks that looks like a really good film. Yeah, that's uh, 2015. That's coming out. I don't think it was a Comic Con, but there's been an announcement that there's going to be an Evil Dead TV show. Yeah, no, I saw this. Whatever. And Bruce, <laughs> Bruce Campbell is going to be involved. Well, of course, he's going to be involved. Bruce Campbell's got to pay the rent. Yeah. <laughs> Burn notice Burn is notice over. Burn notice is over. <laughs> Burn notice is over. And hey, casinos are still open. Hey. <laughs> he's got to keep himself in Hawaiian shirts. The Ballad of Sam Max. Is Saying you know, like a, you know, reading that Bruce Campbell is involved doesn't mean shit no. anymore. <laughs> oh God. Is Sam Raimi involved? Yes. I think... Oh, it, it, they're producers anyway. Yeah. Self and Robert Taper. They're still producers and stuff. Uh, I think, you know, Sam Raimi's at that point in his career where he's like, fuck, just take it. You yeah, know? I've got... This, got this to... movie made no money for me when it came out. Yeah. Let's make it money for me now. Yeah. He's like, I've still got some Spider-Man money lying around. I'm good. It's all right. <laughs> There's some other news that came out about uh, what Edgar Wright's going to do next after Ant-Man. Yes, he's doing two films. Yes, so the first one sounds bad shit. It's, they uh, both sound bad shit insane. Well, the first one's Grasshopper Jungle for Sony, and it's... it's no, the pop- first one is Baby Driver. Uh, yeah, Baby Driver, which has only been described as a collision of crime, action, music, and sound. Yeah, okay. And, uh... The other one is Grasshopper Jungle, which follows an Iowa teen trying to come to grips with his own sexuality... As his and his friends cause a deadly genetically engineered plague that unleashes an army of six-foot-tall praying mantises with an insatiable appetite for fighting, food, and fornicating. Sounds great. Sounds great. (laughs) I'm in. It's the biggest fuck you to Marvel that he goes from doing Ant-Man about someone who shrinks microscopic to To doing... sexy mantises. To doing a a giant grasshopper stuff. (laughs) So it's basically a way of saying, this is what you could have had. Yeah. And they did show some footage from Ant-Man. They did, they did. But, but it was all... Uh, they haven't even started shooting it. Yeah. Um, and it was... Uh, Michael Douglas and Paul Rudd, they were doing a scene together all in voiceover, and mm. it was just... Argument. Well, An argument over... Like, Hank Pym wants Paul Rudd, Scott Lang, to steal something back for him. Yeah. Um, but, and, uh, and Patrick Wilson's left yeah, the cast. Because of scheduling. Yeah. yeah. But apparently the dialogue between... The banter between Michael Douglas and Paul Rudd was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. There was also a shot of him, like being miniaturized and trying to steal shit and then yeah. he calls an ant but then the helmet malfunctions and the ant starts it's like it doesn't control it he just jumps on the back and has to cling on for dear life so yeah. it'll be interesting to see how they handle that shit and did you see the uh, the trailer for The Hobbit? yes what do you think? I've got Hobbit, I've got Hobbit fatigue and I got really annoyed when they said The Defining Chapter and I said no they're the other three movies you dicks 
And they had Pippin's song. It was a Pippin yeah. or Mary singing over Pippin, the top. Pippin, yeah, because yeah. it's like, there's only one more. Come on, come see it, please. It's like, it just it reeks of desperation. You think? I think. I mean, you you fucking, you dry hump those movies every night before you go to bed. You love those fucking movies. <laughs> I love, no, I, I gotta. I, Did you start singing along with the trailer? No, 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 no. no. I got gooseys though. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Gooseys. Gooseys. Not as many as I got watching Mad Max, though. No? Oh, you see, maybe you're suffering from it a little bit. Well, you know, I mean, it's two different sorts of parts of the brain that each movie is going for. Ugh, cars! Oh, hobbits. No, I, I, um, I did, I did like the trailer very much. I think it's very, um, in keeping with where they're going with it. Yeah. Is Uh, that Thorin who says, I choose war? Because he looks younger. Yeah, that's Thorin who says, I choose war. Yeah. Yeah. Because he looks like, I mean, he's wearing the crown and stuff, but he looks like he's younger looking, or he's not as much grey in his beard. I don't think so. I think because no, you know, by then he's already the Lonely Mountain. He's cleaned himself up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the reason I he's you, got I, some I, he's got some just for dwarves. I know you, I know you fucking hate it when I do this, but um, the uh, the reason I bring up the Hobbit trailer is because any cool news put it up right. Oh, the talk back here. No, 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 no. It's just a few. <laughs> this one, this one guy. We've already had Gavin Reed's Wikipedia. We're gonna have Gavin Reed's talk back. No, 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 no. This is very funny. <laughs> this guy Max says. Screw all the haters! I totally enjoyed the Lord of the Rings trilogy and The Hobbit. I wish they will continue with another original trilogy after The Hobbit. Not enough high fantasy movies, so I'm all for it! <laughs> King Tut's golden schlong replied. <laughs> I agree, bro. Uh, we, uh, we all, but we all wish that Jackson would listen to the criticism he got from King Kong, though. I enjoyed King Kong as well, but it could have been much better with 45 minutes cut out, bro. And then Darlin, Briscoe Darlin, replies to King Tut's, Tend to agree with you there, bro. I think it should have been shorter, bro. What do you think of the word bro, bro? <laughs> <laughs> and let then it, let, it, let it be a lesson to us all. When you're signing on to a bulletin board or a chat back thing, choose your name very carefully, Briscoe Darling, Briscoe. Trixton, Trixton Spangler writes back, Not only that, bro, but all movies in the series should be retitled as An Unexpected Bro. The Desolation of Bro. The Battle of the Five Bros. <laughs> the Fellowship of the Bros. The Two Bros. The Return of the, the Bro. bro. <laughs> and then Hitler comes in with... Hitler? Let's, let's not forget the Bromillion. The Bromillion. <laughs> I don't even know how to say the original one. Silmarillion? Silmarillion? Silmarillion, yeah. Silmarillion. Brodo Baggins. It'll be good. I mean, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a problem when I go see it because the Elvish is never subtitled in English. <laughs> For the last two, it hasn't been in Malaysian cinemas, so... I'm just sitting there. My girlfriend's whispering. She's like, no, it's okay. Don't talk. This does not mean you can break the rule of no talking in movies. Stop talking. No, I mean, I, I liked it. Mm. And uh, there's, you know you're going to get at least two more trailers. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it looked good. I mean, Barry the Bowman got to do some of my stuff. You know, I mean, his role is like one line or a paragraph in the book, right? They, they're building him up more. It's always good to see elves doing shit in unison. Oh, um, in the book, you his entire, the entire, his entire contribution to the story... Um, is uh, done via uh, someone telling you, oh, he did it. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to that, that, that dragon, Smaug? Oh, he did it. <laughs> oh, but I thought Smaug, uh, uh, what happened? This guy. It's all right. <laughs> in, in the background, it's all right, guys. Took care of that dragon problem for you. Mark the Bowman doesn't, have any, doesn't even have any fucking dialogue <laughs> in the book. <laughs> He's just a dude that does something. <laughs> the question is, does Evangeline Lilly die? I'm guessing she does. You reckon? <laughs> I'm guessing she does. And Orlando Bloom's in it again. He's not in the books at all, right? No. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, Peter Jackson explained um, 
his reasoning behind putting uh, Legolas in there, and it, it is plausible. But this is it's connective kind of tissue. This is once you this is once you start talking about it like this is all real. Mm. You know what I mean? He's been living it for fucking decades at this point. It's yeah. like, it is real. Yeah, he's like, well, well, when they go into the fucking forest and all the elves that were partying there, it is very, very possible that Legolas is part of there because Thranduil was there and he's the fucking son, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, if you look at it like that, yeah. It's Thranduil the pace? It's, yes. Yeah, yeah, it, you know, it, it, yeah it's possible. Yeah. If it was real. <laughs> it was real. <laughs> you know, but fans of the book need to calm the fuck down. You know, I mean, it's just like, Jesus Christ. If it really is the abomination everyone says it is, in ten years' time, someone will do it better. Yeah. <laughs> Screw all the haters! <laughs> no, I, I do find that quite funny. Did you see that, uh... It's, I mean, it's completely unofficial. You don't know where it came from. That, that leaked picture of what the thing may look like? No. Oh, you didn't see this? No, no. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, uh, it looked like, um... Don't do that. It looked like a mock-up of his his head or something with, with, with some of his shoulders yeah. um, that you would imagine is for green screen purposes or something. Um, looks like the thing. Is this dome made out of orange rock? Mm, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that head and shoulders. No. But um, he do it does look like, he does look very depressed. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's the thing. Think, was there much more from Comic Con then, apart from those things? Oh, well, and then there was the uh, the Red Band trailer for Sin City Two. Yeah, or you know, a meh to kill for. I just, it's so whatever the fuck that movie came out. It's like how you're kind of feeling about Hobbit. It's how I kind of feel about Sin City and, yeah. and Spider Man. And I mean, it's, <laughs> that's Frank Miller in the in the fucking trailer, the yeah. beginning line in a fucking yeah. alleyway, just going like, "Who's this bad actor?" Yep. I mean, Joseph Gordon-Levitt looks good. Man. Well, Robert, Robert Rodriguez is also the guy that he's talking to. Oh, is he? It's both of them. Both of them fucking jerking each other off. I, could, I didn't spot Rodriguez. But yeah, I mean, it's just like, yeah, it's another Sin City movie. And that was amazing looking the first time it came out, but... Yeah. yeah. I'll see it just because of Mickey Rourke. Yeah. Um, but it's weird. I was, I was watching this and I was like, has Jennifer Alver gotten younger? <laughs> <laughs> Jessica. She looks amazing in this. <laughs> <laughs> she bathes in the blood of innocence. Yeah. No, um, Mickey Rourke and Eva Green. Yeah, Eva Green is like, I mean, her poster would be I want banned. that poster. Yeah, <laughs> you want that one. I want that poster. If Email you us at podcast at thegapprice.com. There we go. Uh, unrelated, to, well, not unrelated to Comic Con, but obviously trying to drum up some. Uh... <laughs> Buy the poster, give it to the wife for, for a birthday. <laughs> 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 With an A4 sheet written in caps. Get on it! Because <laughs> <laughs> the poster was banned in a couple of countries because just there's a, a hint of breast. But yeah, Eva Green is just like, she's choosing, you know, I heard an interview with Tom Cruise somewhere where he's talking about like, he chooses a movie about what he wants to do. Like first it's got to be running, but then there's got to be something else he hasn't done before. Have you seen his Twitter profile? No. Tom Cruise, I don't I, yeah, he still follows me on Twitter, which still freaks me out, but obviously it's a marketing team. But someone clever a while ago changed the bio to Tom Cruise, running an action movie since 1984. <laughs> so there's some humor there. Uh, he said, uh, it was a long interview on the Nerdist podcast, and he comes across as a human, not a complete freak. And he just talked about, like, he wanted to do this movie because he wanted to do a character who's not Tom Cruise with an edge of tomorrow, which he isn't. Mm -hmm. He starts off not Tom Cruise and becomes Tom, you know, the stereotypical Tom Cruise later. So, Eva Green seems to be just choosing characters that are the ridiculous fucking sexpots and fucking nymphomaniacs. Have you, you seen Dark Shadows? Yes. 
there's a scene in 300 that's very much like the, her fucking Johnny Depp one from Dark Shadows. Oh, right. With uh, Themistocles, and it's just and like... What, and uh, her character in uh, A Dame to Kill For is very similar. Yeah. yeah. She just gets everyone to do what she wants for. That Dame's intoxicating. Just watch The Dreamers. Yeah. The Dreamers? <laughs> yeah. She's sexy in that as well. Bush! <laughs> Have you seen Penny Dreadful? No, I hear it's very good. It's quite good. It's really fucking dark, and it's pretty fucking in your face. Like, it's definitely, you know, we're on a cable network. We can do whatever the fuck we want. And she's just nuts in it. She gets possessed in one episode. She just does the crazy eye rolls, and they're like, they're looking. She does that thing where she looks at the side of her eyes. Oh, yeah. She she's doing that. You will, your son. You know, she's like, your fucking daughter, almost. You know, that level. She's doing the fucking exorcist. You're about to suck shelves at Morrison's. Exactly. That's another John Logan thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the director of the, the sorry the, the writer of the, the playwright of the play that Gavin did I was like did he do Star Trek Nemesis yeah I thought I was just drunk but no I was right never doubt me again <laughs> but yeah I think that, that, that was the big stuff that came yeah. out of Comic Con it wasn't really related it came out I think last week before it but uh, there was an interesting looking trailer for the death of Superman Lives Yes, I saw that. That was, and that was I, quite fun. I'd heard about it before, but the fact that they've got Tim Burton talking about it, and that, I mean, they've got Kevin Smith, he'll do anything if you fly him somewhere. Yeah. Um, my mate Dave saw him. After all the shit that Kevin Smith has talked, I, I really do hope that Tim Burton talks mad shit about Kevin Smith in this movie. <laughs> It'd be so much fun. But there's a weird thing in the trailer that worries me, because I don't know what other stuff this guy's directed, but whenever Tim Burton talks, he kind of the, the sound seems fucked. Like, at the beginning, he's like, is there anything you want to say to close out the death of Superman lives? And he's just like, well, you're just doing stuff to depress me now. And later on, he's talking about it would have been a great film or something like that, and they start playing the music over him talking and drown him out. Mm -hmm. And there is some animation in there that does look very Kickstarter. Like, mm -hmm. cheap Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. So, we'll see Probably how it is. goes. But the document, I think it was. But uh, at least they got everyone right in there, and they've got what looks like a good bit of footage from the effects crew of the suit. And there's an awesome shot of Nick Cage flying and landing. It's like, that looks pretty good. You see that bit? No. Oh, it's oh a, no, no, no. It's a very yeah, short yeah, yeah. section of just him like flying and landing. Yeah, with the mullet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, his mullet is all over that. And I they didn't show the Deadpool footage at Comic-Con, right? Um, no, that got leaked. Yeah, it got yeah. leaked, but they've actually released in high def now. I mean, it is Ryan Reynolds, right, doing yes, the dialogue. It is, it I know, I, it's not clear whether there is a guy in a suit or it's a, a, it's all CGI. It's, it's very cap. It's mocap. Yeah, and Ryan Reynolds did the mocap. Ah, oh, cool. Yeah. And he's fucking jabbering away and talking to the audience and yeah. doing like very incredibly weird non-sequiturs with like you know. Watching that, Susan, I, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, I'm pregnant. I just yeah. mu murder some motherfuckers. Yeah, no, I mean, w watching the um, the test reel. You do entirely understand why the film hasn't been made. Yeah, it's a hard fucking. Sound. <laughs> it's a hard. Sound. I mean, there's a point where he's in a car that's flipping, and as the, as the sunroof comes into view, he's holding a little note drawing that he yeah. just drew yeah. of the guy who's shooting at him in a motor with a motorcycle helmet on, and Deadpool cutting his head off, and then the car rolls over him, <laughs> the window rolls down, and there's the motorcycle head, and then Deadpool starts talking to it and just like fucks it around. Yeah, yeah. But they've nailed the mark of the mouth. That's. But the thing is, he's an annoying fucking character. It would be better if they got him in the X-Men movies. Like, and just had him in the background and, like, everyone being pissed with him. You need to have a solid cast pissed with him all the time. Like, I, I read some of the um, X-Force when they rebranded as basically the, the paramilitary arm of the X-Men. Mm -hmm. So it was uh, Wolverine and Psylocke and shit. Okay. And um, 
no, you know, no. In that, they want him there because they need. He's the backup Wolverine. Mm-hmm. But they're all just fucking annoyed with him all the time, and it's great. Yeah, no, you're, you you uh, you do need one. You, you do need one sort of aspect of the film that is a sounding board for him. Yeah, if he's just going to be talking to the audience all the time like that. And he did have so many kids. Was there a, a Mark in the, some of the early comics? He had a Marky kid and a blind woman. Did he? Yeah, there was some kind. Of, I remember like when I was hearing about the character first and stuff like that. There was a blind woman who was, when they had the first kind of one of the first few Deadpool spin-off comics. Right. And it was like all the the thought balloons and all that kind of shit, and him talking directly to the reader and stuff. Um, they did have um, this woman that was kind of a sounding board, but he kind of kept her trapped. She was, she was a prisoner of his. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was kind of fucked up. So that's the, where the sounding board comes in. I think he has a supporting cast now. Yeah. Uh, apparently he worked very well with Cable, because Cable just doesn't, doesn't take any shit. And it's, it's, it's just very tricky, because the character is unlikable. If you do, yeah. if you do him right, he's not supposed to be likable. No. Um, he's funny, but... You never like you know. <laughs> it starts to wear in the middle of this trailer. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I wish they had did it because it just would have been so different than anything else out there. Yeah. If they had really stuck to their guns and did it, go the whole whole whole. But it's also one of those movies that we could have its balls cut off as soon as they go through the first test screening. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just what the fuck is this? Uh, they also released a trailer for Mockingjay, which is the next. Uh, I didn't get to this Hunger one. Games uh, trailer. Did you watch the sec- the last? Hunger I still haven't seen the second one. They're really good. I have Jennifer Lawrence fatigue. Really? We're getting old, man. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> Why can't she be less versatile so she does less stuff? Yes. God damn her talent. I enjoyed her so much more when I didn't have to share her with everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> so. um... <laughs> No, it looks really good. I mean, the Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it, talking to Grey Julianne Moore, which looks weird. Mm-hmm. She's not a redhead, and you know they're talking about building up the rebellion and all that stuff. There's not an awful lot showing. It's just Katniss walking through like all these fucked up kids and shit, and they're all like, "Are you here to fight with us?" And she's all fucking fucked from being in the Hunger Games twice because the second time was fucking hard. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the cakewalk the first time, but uh, I really like the first one where they had the what was it, the cornucopia scene, where just like the cutest kid of all gets fucking just. Iced with a sword or something like that. Okay, with ringlets gets <laughs> done in instantly, and they just kill off all these muppets. It was great. Yeah, but good trailer. Yeah, I mean it's it's a good teaser trailer. I mean they've done some. Uh, they've been doing some good like. Old, I mean, studios have seemed to have been like we've had the you know with the birth of the internet, the studios are finding out their ways of how to do kind of those kind of paints to build stuff and. They're like those old ones, but they're building it up. It's not just a teaser trailer. Like they have had a lot of uh, President Snow. Um, Donald Sutherland's addressing the nation kind of videos with uh, Peter Bread beside him, mm-hmm. and it's all like, oh, you know, all doom and gloom, and we're all we're all happy together. But if you put up a poster of Mockingjay, we're going to kill you and all your family. All right, for the capital, let's go. Don't do that whistling shit with your hand. Cut them off, and your families, <laughs> and your whole district. Peace out. So say we all. So say we all. Right. Did you see the trailer for Hot Tub Time Machine 2? I did. This looks goofy fucking fun, but I mean, the joke has one thing. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> there's more that, 
the, more, the funniest jokes are just what they did with their knowledge of time travel. Yeah. Like Craig Robinson has been writing all the songs. <laughs> He's like, oh, I wrote, I, wrote it, I, I wrote an original this morning. And then it cuts to him in the Lisa Loeb stay yeah, video. Yeah, stay. He's like, no, it's that Lisa Loeb chick song. I just rip it up. Yeah, no, it, it, it does. It was, it was a funny red, red band trailer. I'm just concerned that all the jokes, all the best jokes are in there. Yeah, the, the one where they, because, you know, when they go back in time, they look like their young selves. And when they go forward in time this time, they look like their old selves. Yeah, and he's yeah, like, yeah. you look like Gandalf the poor. <laughs> <laughs> For little, uh, Rob Corddry. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. The, then Rob Corddry goes to the other kid, um, Duke, right? Duke's Clark Duke. Yeah. Clark Duke. He's like, you look like Billy Dane's dick. Billy <laughs> he's Dane's bald. Dick. He's yeah. like, but less beautiful. <laughs> no, I laughed at that. And there's a fringe joke in yeah, there, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is like... You are, you are such a nerd. You nerd, are. Nerd, 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 nerd. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. So, I mean, Rob Corddry always delivers. Yeah. Uh, I did see on time.com, I'm not sure if it was one of those kind of things where someone could submit. I, I didn't see which, which part of time.com it was on, but it was a, le- a personal letter to John Cusack. It's like, you, there needs to be a grounding in this, and you were the grounding. Mm-hmm. Please come back. <laughs> uh, finishing off the news then well I just got one more bit with uh, some, some toy stuff oh okay um, always at Comic Con there's a lot of cool shit that you can get but uh, I'm a big Ninja Turtle fan and mm-hmm. this is something that uh, might interest you Turtle fans uh, Playmates uh, they released a couple of years ago they released um, uh, a line of the um, uh, original uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle animation toys based uh, based off molds of the original, but they they were different. They they were they were they were bigger. They were taller, not quite as uh, stocky, mm-hmm. and they had a lot more articulation. Uh, they had been having pre-orders at Comic Con, and you can also pre-order stuff um, on on the different toy sites. I like uh, I I go to Big Bad Toy Store. You can pre-order it there. They're twenty nine. They're thirty bucks. Thirty thirty US bucks uh, a figure, but uh, these are done. Uh, using the molds from the uh, 1990 movie, mm-hmm. so so like uh, if if you were to uh, just take a look at the figures, you'll you'll they're very clearly r- recognizable from from the film. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mikey's, um, Mikey's grinning like a loon, of course. Yeah, yeah, and they all and they all have their own their own looks. Um, they're very very cool. So if you if you if you're a fan of the 1990 live action film, Ninja Turtle fan in general, these are pretty decent. They actually look pretty damn good. So, like, uh... Yeah, they look pretty good. Yeah. So, that's one. Mm-hmm. However, if you want to get all of them, that's pretty expensive. Uh, but uh, NECA has been coming out with um, their video game appearance line. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've, they've had Jason, they've had Freddy Krueger, and now they've got Batman. Ooh. And uh, this is basically, yeah, it's, it's, it, they're based on the uh, classic 8-bit video games that, uh, uh, that came out of, of those films back then. So this is the Michael Keaton uh, Batman, but a video ga- an 8-bit video game version. Oh, I saw this. And I've seen the naked uh, Robocop that looks kind of similar, yeah. and I don't like it. I do. I mean, like, I, I mean, and also I love the packaging. Like, they all come, like, really cool, like, vintage package. Oh, it's the old Batman. 90- yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and they don't work for all of them. You no, know, they, they don't work for all of the figures. Like I, I wasn't too crazy about the Robocop one. But yeah, they're doing they're doing a, another one which is Terminator versus Robocop, which has eight bit styling painting because it's based on the video game from yeah, the Super yeah. Nintendo or something. Yeah, and it's it's a cool idea. It doesn't work with everything, but I really like this Batman one. Oh. Um, and I like the Freddy Krueger and Jason one as well. That, 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 that was pretty cool. 
something else while we're talking about posters. Right? I'm gonna move this. Um, I saw this, so this popped up again. Apparently, Ricochet Art had it. It's uh, Dave, uh, Dave Gibbons' Rogue Trooper from 2018. Oh shit! And it's just got it's a it's a re apparently they sold out before. It's a print, mm -hmm. so it's 50 British pounds, and it's just Rogue. It's a classic image of Rogue Trooper. I think it's been used on all sorts of the uh, collected editions of him. He's just a big blue motherfucker with a gun and an awesome hat, standing in front of a sign that just says "War." That's very cool. Actually, it's, if you are a fan of um, like poster art and all that, um, I, I stumbled upon this place called Bottleneck Gallery. Okay. Um, and they do a lot of cool, a lot of cool movie-related stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been very, very, very um, impressed with some of the stuff that I've seen there. Hmm. Like, uh, this, this is one of them. Um, just showing it to Ian now, but um, oh, that's fucking awesome! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Roy Batty holding up uh, Deckard and Blade Runner. Yeah, and um, it's not so ridiculously priced. Oh, really? Yeah. And so here, here's a uh, um, so here's another here's another. There's a lot of cool like Blade Runner stuff. Oh, the old TDK logos and stuff. It's yeah. a similar version of it. Yeah, yeah. How much do those ones cost? Forty US. Okay, it's not as bad. Forty US, but they're not huge. They're like ten by twenty-eight inches. Hmm. Uh, they're also limited editions as well, mm -hmm. um, but you can you can get all kinds of cool stuff. And if you go to their shop, you can shop through their past exhibitions. Oh, nice! And their past exhibitions are very very nice. Cool. I mean, there's <laughs> there's there's a lot of cool shit that you can get there. I'll uh, put up the links. In the I think you should. I think you should. There was some other news which is kind of depressing because they're going to reboot Tremors. Yes, I heard about this. But the guy who's directing this, Don Michael Paul, uh, he, he's completing Company of Heroes, The Fourth Reich. Um, he's also directed Sniper Legacy and Jar Jarhead 2, Field of Fire, which all sound like really bad direct-to-video <laughs> fucking movies. Why is there a Jarhead 2? <laughs> yeah, if there's ever a movie that they was crying out a for sequel. a sequel, it's not Jarhead. Oh, fuck. And then we hydrate. And then we hydrate. That's very funny. It's a pity. It's a pity. The Tremors is, you know, should be more of it. Well, we already had like a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not to say that the fucking franchise wasn't given its opportunity yeah. to run itself into the ground. So, if you have any cool stuff, you can uh, get us to talk about it at podcast at mcgappenfries.com. That's podcast at thecapitalprize.com. We've uh, had some emails this week. So, I need to check something. <laughs> Our first email comes in from Covered in Bees. <laughs> no, not the bees, not the bees. Um... So Covered in B says, Hi guys, my cousin is turning 14 and I'd like to edumacate him on some cool movies. When I say cool, I mean not the crap that he's been watching. I have already started him off with a few like The Goonies, Lost Boys and Big Trouble in Little China. Can you suggest five more movies? Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Live radio. <laughs> How old is uh, this kid? Uh, 14. 14, okay. And he's already seen The Goonies, Lost Boys, and Big Trouble in Little China. I guess we can recommend porn. Mm. Gremlins. Um, Gremlins, yes, that's right. I mean, it's, the, it's 30 years since 84. That's true, that's true, that's true. Gremlins. Um, oh, yeah, just backtracking slightly, Bottleneck Gallery, one of their past ex 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 exhibits. 
is it came from 1984. Oh, nice. And it's all... That shit. That shit. Yeah. Gremlins is highly represented, is extremely <laughs> well represented. We might be reaching peak Gremlins. Like, there's fucking all the Mondo posters. There was like Gallery 1988 had a whole load of shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, some of the Ghostbusters stuff that they did was Ghostbusters, really nice. Gremlins, Goonies, and, and the Turtles have been getting a massive fucking resurgence. Yeah. Even Corey Feldman started like dusting off the, uh, we're doing uh, Goonies 2 hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? It's the, oh, it's, it's, a, it's it the four-year mark already? Yeah. It's like every four years. Every, every four years, uh, Corey Feldman says, oh, I've taken a meeting with a different Goonies cast member. <laughs> <laughs> thinking, that we don't re- thinking that we don't know that actors don't greenlight films. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to drum up support. Also um, known as the Ryan Reynolds defense. Okay, so is this five movies each or just five movies? Oh, uh, we'll see. I mean, well, there's probably more than five. I'll take a list. Okay, Put them in Excel. Well, take them off. All right. Gremlins. Gremlins. Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. Big Ghostbusters as well. Come on, if you haven't seen Ghostbusters. If you haven't seen Ghostbusters, you've got to watch Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, but we can't just do all 80s shit. No, I know, I know. So that's <laughs> just, because of the ones they mentioned are already 80s, so that's, we cover that's that. Right, that's right, okay. Uh, Godfather? Nah, he's 14. Yeah. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> this is boring! What the fuck is it? Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption, yes. You've got to watch Shawshank Redemption. Blade Runner? Um, Blade Runner. There you go. Highlander. Extra. Extra. <laughs> <laughs> fuck him up. Just to fuck him up. <laughs> Extra and Warlock in a double bill. Extra, Warlock. No, he's got to watch The Descent. The Descent. <laughs> yeah, it's a modern movie. Yes, definitely watch that. Um, I went, recently went to Batu Caves and my sister was visiting and my girlfriend kept saying, it was, we're walking in there and I was just thinking like, don't mention the descent. Don't mention the descent. Don't mention the descent. Because it's, it's a big open cave. There's not like you're crawling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is like, this is like that movie. And I said, don't you fucking dare say the descent. <laughs> don't, don't, just fucking don't. Because there's points in there that in that tour where you turn your lights off and it is fucking pitch black. So and if I mean, if he hasn't seen ET, he should watch ET as well. Yeah, I mean, these are the classics. Yeah, um, we're, did, we're we're assuming that she's uh, put them through put him through the classics. Put them through to summer school. There was something at Comic-Con, there was a whole load of people cosplayed as Elliot and E.T. on the bikes. There was like people riding around outside, which is kind of cool. Um, well, how many have we brought up already? Oh, we've, I mean, but there'll be more. More than five. Aliens. Well. Aliens. If you haven't seen Alien, watch Alien first. Uh, <laughs> you know, well, the, good, the good thing about Alien and Aliens is that you don't really need to see them No. Together. Not at all. Um, and I think, I, I, I do prefer Aliens, because and he's 14, he'll love the guns. Yeah. He'll, he'll watch, we'll get him to watch Aliens, and then he, when he's 16, he'll be into Alien. Yes, that's true. That's the kind of way I did it, I think. Yeah, Lebowski, definitely. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Gremlins. Never ending story. He's got enough. Yeah. Let's just give, him, give us a shout when, uh, see how he gets on with those. <laughs> the next email comes in from Theodora. Uh, hi, Ian and Gavin. Let's play a quick game. Your wife is tied up. No, uh, you're, you two sound like you would you like games a lot. Number one, what was the name of Richard Dreyfuss's character in Jaws? You can't get it. No. Hooper. Hooper. That's right. You can drive the uh, Hooper. Get Hooper down here, fucking shoveling chum. I can drive the fucking boat slow one third. <laughs> what is the name of the film fe- featured in Scream Two, which is based upon the murders in Scream? Scary movie, right? Stab. Stab. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know, Scary Movie was the piss take that was... Yeah, yeah, they were originally, the originally Scream was going to be called um, Scary Movie. The movie that's based on the Scream movies in the Scream movie is called Stab. Stab, the... Uh, I had her name there. The something-something story, right? The Wh- Winsley, Wh- Wensley, Wesley, Wesley, 
What was her fucking name? What was like Nev Squid's, Squid's Campbell's name in it? Nev Bear in mind, we are not IMDb being this shit, and yeah, I literally no, just no, pulled it was, these it emails. Was like, it was like Whitney or some some shit like that. Some gr- yeah, it's awful. Number three, Sid- who played the role of Whitney? Sid- Sydney. Sydney. Sydney Brimstow. Sid- Barstow. <laughs> Barstow. Sid- Sidney. No, Sydney Bristow was alias. Sydney Bristow was alias. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna drive me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> We could only be. It sounded like Sydney Bristow. Yeah, yeah. It was something like that. Barstow or something like that. Sydney, Sydney something. Who played the role of Professor Van Helsing in Bram Stoker's Dracula? Again, we've not IMDb these. I literally just pulled up these emails. Um, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. And who played uh, Renfield was uh, Tom Tom Waits. Tom Waits. (laughs) The master. Yeah. No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) A cat. (laughs) I would like a cat. I love a cat. What about a kitten? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I go. really enjoyed that movie when when it was just the supporting cast having fun. Oh, my girlfriend loves it. She <laughs> fucking loves that movie. Don't? She does? Yeah. She also loves Van Helsing. Well, let's not speak of that again. No, and the Underworld movies. I mean, it's, it's grand for divorce right there, but never mind. <laughs> she makes up for it. <laughs> Number four. Okay, this is where we start getting tricky. How old was Regan McNeil when she was possessed in The Exorcist? Ten? She ten? I thought she might have been eight. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. So you, you win on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You win, Theodore. And number five, who produced the film, The Poltergeist? Spielberg. Was this what? Oh, Poltergeist. Sorry, I thought Exorcist. Yeah, Spielberg <laughs> produced it. I was like, I thought it was again The Exorcist. Who produced The Exorcist? Freaking directed, right? Yeah, freaking directed it. I can't remember who. It was freaking it. awesome. <laughs> uh, but I'm pretty sure that um, it was uh, Spielberg. Yeah, it was, because that was the whole thing. That, that's the thing that um, dogged Toby uh, Hooper for life, was that, you know, oh, Spielberg directed Pol- Poltergeist? Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's a movie that's... I mean, I watched those in late like, late teens. That's another movie to watch, because it it's is. fucking awesome. Yeah, Just no, the, it, the it shit is, that went really fucking Craig, Craig Nelson, mm-hmm. when he's drinking from the tequila bottle and the worm possesses his ass and fucking attacked by fucking... Um, train tracks what do you call them braces that's the first one right with the braces attack mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like the braces start attacking the kid and the tree comes through the fucking window mm-hmm. evil tree <laughs> I am evil tree I am sandpaper uh, yeah I'm, I'm quite sure that uh, the character of Regan was not younger than 10 no That'd be too fucked up, man. She well, was, she, she, the actress was definitely older. No, she was like 11, 12 max. She, she was, I know she wasn't, a, she wasn't in her teens. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. I can't fucking remember who produced it. Yeah. Yeah. 12 year old girl. Boom. Boom. You win. Thanks, Wikipedia. Anything else? No, I think we can move squarely on to reviews. Okay. All right. I'm going to do, um, two really, really short reviews. First review I'm uh, reviewing is, um, well, I'll go from. He the, always says that. I'll go from the older one to the latest one. So the older one um, would be Out of the Furnace, mm-hmm. which was uh, directed by Scott Cooper, who was the writer of The Wrestler, and he directed. It's only um, last year, right? Yes, last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Scott Cooper he wrote The Wrestler, um, and he also wrote and directed Crazy Heart, mm. uh, which was the movie that won finally won Jeff Bridges his his Oscar for Best Actor. It was great. I still haven't seen that. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I know. Uh, the I've music's heard. great. T-Bone Burnett did yeah. a lot of music. It's awesome. No, I, I've heard. Um, I've, I've heard it's very, very good. 
It's a, it's a good Colin Farrell performance. That's right. Yeah, Colin Farrell's in it as well. Um, this movie has fucking an amazing uh, cast lineup. Christian Bale's in it, right? Yeah, it's Christian Bale, Woody Harrelson, Casey Affleck, Forrest Whitaker, Willem Dafoe, Sam Shepard. Fuck. And Zoe Saldana. You mean the playwright Sam Shepard? Yes. <laughs> that crazy old bastard. <laughs> um, and th- this, this is one of the most depressing films ever. <laughs> it, was, it, 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 it was tough watching this. I mean, really? I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's a good film, but fuck, you gotta be in the mood for it. What's it about? Um... It's like nothing good happens to anyone in this film. It's like a Ken Loach movie. It is. Really? It is. But it's American. Yeah, it's like an American Ken Loach movie with, with a revenge angle. Oh. You know, I mean, it's American, so someone's going to fucking die. Yeah. You know, um, okay, you got, uh, um, <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm just going to, like, I'm going to try and do this in, in, um, characters that we've known them before. Oh, here we go again. Because yeah. it's the only way to make this movie sound entertaining. Right. Um, it is entertaining, but, oh God, it's like, it's like, it's like fucking Silkwood entertaining. Silkwood? That Meryl Streep share Kurt Russell movie. You know? It's like out of Africa entertaining. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's like... It's, it's, a, it's, it's something you have to have seen, but you have to endure. No, it's, no, it's, it's just really bleak. Uh-huh. You know, okay, you got, you got fucking Batman. Yeah. You know, you got Bruce Wayne, who's working at the mills. <laughs> He's at hard times. You know, he's on he's on downtimes. No one's happy, and um, you know, but he's he's doing all right. He's the machinist machining. He's got he's got he's got his uh, fucking brother, um, you know, Ben Affleck Jr. who's there, and uh, he's got a gambling problem, but he's got a nice girl, you know, played by uh, I'm, okay, I'm just gonna do the actress, Zoe Zaldana, and um, by by by, by, by uh, Ahura. Yes, by Ahura, and so so Christian Bale's character Russell Russell Bays. Um, he's driving home and he meets in an accident he's driving home drunk uh-huh. he meets in an accident and in the accident he kills people like um, including a small kid Ouch. and so he gets put away for um, a manslaughter and he comes back out to find that uh, while he's been in prison his father died and um, Zoe Saldana is now hooked up with Forrest Whitaker and not only that his ghost bro- dog hmm? yeah the first dating ghost dog yeah um <laughs> and Casey Affleck has kind of gotten himself um, in debt with um, Willem Dafoe in jail who, uh, no, who is who is in debt to Woody Harrelson Woody Harrelson is like the big villain of this um, Woody Harrelson basically playing a crazy psychopathic um, hick so himself yeah <laughs> um, and Base and 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 uh, Casey Affleck does bare, bare knuckle fighting. He, he does like underground boxing and all that sort of stuff. That's how he tries to earn money. And he's also um, uh, um, an Iraqi vet who is just completely fucked in the head. Does he like thugs? No. And basically, so he's got no money, and he gets him. He gets him. He gets himself involved in this whole thing that involves Willem Dafoe and Woody House, and, and things go pear shaped. Right. And it doesn't turn out too well for him. And then from that point on, that's where the revenge angle comes into it, where Christian Bale, who basically has nothing left at this point, yeah, um, he's the one man with nothing to lose. Well, I mean, like his life is shit. Yeah, and there's no leads, there's no nothing, and he basically goes and creates justice for himself. Tell him I'm coming. Something like that, but with nowhere nowhere near as much uh, commercial flair. Yeah, <laughs> um, it is a very solid film. It's very solid. You can imagine how well it's acted. Yeah. Um, but you've got to be in the mood for it. Because yeah. it takes its time. There is zero humor. Mm-hmm. 
like there is nothing about the setting or about the characterizations that gives anyone any room for a joke. Yeah. So it's just after a while, it just kind of wears on you. It's unrelenting depression. Yeah, because you know nothing good is going to happen. Yeah. There's something about the tone of the film where it's like you, you know exactly where, where it's going. You, yeah. you, you know it's going to end in shit because it's a movie about characters whose lives always end in shit. Yeah. To end it any other way would, you know, not work. Yeah. So, so, it, is, so, so it is one of those films that you, that you have to sort of like put yourself through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, but it was worth it. But I, I liked it. I mean, I, I mean, like there are some really nice moments. There are some really nice moments in it. Performances are solid across the board. It's not badly paced. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's uh, for a film of its type, it's paced accordingly. Yeah. Uh, but you just got to be in the mood for it. Like, don't don't. It's not a date movie. Put it yeah. In, yeah. <laughs> so that's uh. So I mean, I, I'd give it like three out of five. Okay. okay. Uh, that's a solid. I'll do the next one. Okay. Okay. So I'll do three hundred Rise of an Empire, right. which did come out this year. So they're not that old. <clears throat> First of all, what fucking empire? Because this was supposed to be originally this was supposed to be Xerxes, right? So it was not clear if it was going to be a prequel or it was going to be, um, you know, a f kind of a follow following Xerxes, but it kind of changed apparently over the course of its uh, production because it does happen in parallel with Three Hundred. So, you know, there's I think there's one shot of Jared Butler in there, and is that, the, the, the movie actually focuses on uh, Themistocles. So he's a Greek guy who actually killed Xerxes' dad mm -hmm. ten years before Xerxes became the golden god when he's just a dude with hair. And um, was Xerxes Spanish? No. <laughs> then why is he being played by a Spaniard? I don't know. He's a <laughs> god dude, and he talks in he talks in a voice that's heavily modulated. So it's all it's a little bit about it's not really the rise of his empire. That that bit is kind of passed over but like Themistocles does go meet Lena Headey who played um, Leonidas' wife in the first one and uh, David Wenham's in it as mm -hmm. well and you know it kind of happens in parallel so you know they say like the Battle of the Hot Gates in 300 is all about that they were able to do that because the Persian army to the north the ships got founded in a storm mm -hmm. you see that there's a battle at that storm yeah, yeah. and Themistocles leads that because Themistocles fought the Persians back 10 years ago when he killed the father yeah. where they attacked as soon as the Persians landed. So they're all like, run, lad, lads, settle down, you know, get the campfires going, crack out the weapons because we're going fighting tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And then he just murders all of them. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's, big in, he's big in Greece for that. Um, and he's trying to put, he's kind of planning that the, once the, 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 the Spartans do the 300 thing, mm -hmm. he's kind of thinking, right, let them do that because they'll die and they'll become the fire that will ignite all of Greece. Because all of Greece is all city-states bickering all of and you see all of this. Mm -hmm. You see the bickering. There's an awful lot of lingering shots on slaves and galleys. It's like, we get it. The Persians are not very nuts. You know? Whereas, you know, all the Greeks are manning their oars and they don't look like they're in chains. Right. And there's a lot of sea battles where it's basically... The Greeks don't have sides on... The, they have sides on their boats and a roof where, like, the, the, ro or, the rowers are underneath there. Mm -hmm. The guys on deck, they're on deck and there is a rope, like, at foot level mm -hmm. to keep you on board. Mm -hmm. There is no wall. There's nothing to hide behind, which is a big problem when, you know, they've got archers. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a couple of big badass battles at sea, and there's a whole thing with, like, Eva Green um, plays Artemisia, who's one of uh, Xerxes, she's his, his naval general, mm -hmm. and she's got this whole thing going on where she's a dominatrix and fucking crazy shit, and she can't find a general who is her equal on her own side, and Themistocles kind of is. And after a few clashes between them, they have a few days of battle, and then she invites him back to her meeting, and they fuck. Mm -hmm. 
because that's what she does in movies apparently mm-hmm. and um it's all about that and all about you know the she gets pissed off because the mystically is like thanks for the fuck but i'm not joining your side so i'm outie mm-hmm. <laughs> i wish it was like that <laughs> i wish that was what the dialogue was like it's pretty close and then she's like killing people left and right on his side because she fucking hates the motherfucker and she wants to get him back. And she thinks he's blowing him up and stuff. But it's all sea battles pretty much. And there's like a few tricks along the way, like, you know, basically the version of Napalm and at some point a horse is ridden out. And it looks kind of cool, but you can tell it's not. It's someone aping Scott Snyder. Um, it doesn't quite, like, there's slow mo in it, but it doesn't have the same pop. Right. No Murrow directed it. And, like, there's weird slow mo at the beginning of scenes, which is like, well, that just slows the fucking movie down. Yeah. And a lot of the blood splatter is, it's held on for too long mm-hmm. and it doesn't, it has that red, it has Stephen Dorff at the end of Blade blood look. Right, right. It's right, that right. kind of 1996 CGI blood yeah, yeah, as opposed yeah. to what they can really do. Yeah. Um, it's entertaining enough, but yeah, the Rise of an Empire thing is completely, you know, out, it's not there and at the end of it, like basically Xerxes is still going and he's on land with the rest of his army and the Greeks got to figure out what to do next. Mm. And it's like, this isn't an ending. So I'm not sure whether they were planning to do a third one where eventually Themistocles fights off Xerxes. Or I don't even know the history because Xerxes does burn Athens. Mm. But it just is like, well, that was interesting, but I don't see the point of why he did it. Right. So it's a bit of a disappointment. And oh, also, all the speeches that uh, Jared Butler gave in the first one that had the audience going, mm-hmm. you do miss the Spartans. They do give a few hoes in this, but they're not Spartans. They're just Greeks, so they're not. They're Athenians and shit, so they're not right. as, as, as gung-ho. But um, they just fall flat. They don't sell it as much. Like, he's all about, you know, Greece and freedom and stuff. It's like, well, you know, William Wallace did it better in Braveheart. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it doesn't quite work. That's a shame. It is a shame. I mean, it's just, again, it just shows that you can't try and mimic that style unless you've got it planned out properly. It, just, it, it feels like it's mocked, not done properly. Right. I'll put thought into it. Oh, well, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's it. All right. Oh, I wasn't going to. Anyway, so yeah, uh, the next uh, film that I'll be reviewing is a film called Grand Piano. Mm-hmm. Uh, this stars Elijah Wood and John Cusack, and it's directed by uh, Eugenio Mira. Mm. Uh, it's a Spanish director whose work I'm not very familiar with. Mm. Um, I know he directed a film called The Birthday Party, which is a Corey Feldman film, which um, actually oh. got very well reviewed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I, I have not seen that either. Um, it, the film premiered at Fantastic Fest and got really, really glowing reviews at Fantastic Fest. I think it was um, voted the second favorite film of the entire festival. Mm. Um, and then it was released in cinemas this year, um, I think in March. But it was released VOD in January. Mm. Um, this movie is, um, <laughs> uh, in a nutshell, this movie is Speed at a Piano. Right. And basically... Um, Elijah Wood has to play the most flawless concert of his life, or he will die. And is John Cusack going to blow him up? Yes. Oh, I, I was, I, when you first told me, I would have thought it would the other way around, because that's what Elijah Wood does these days, is play freaks and mutants and weirdos. Yeah. Um, this plays on all of Elijah Wood's strengths as, as an actor, in, in terms of... I mean, in, in, he's, he's been dabbling a bit more on the dark side lately, but we know him as someone who is just... He's just the, he's ma- right. the master of being forlorn. Mm. <laughs> he's really good at carrying rings. He's really good at carrying the weight of the fucking world on his shoulders. <laughs> uh, but this time he does it with um, a lot more backbone. Okay. Um, you know the character is uh, he plays Tom Selznick, who was basically regarded as um, the, the the finest pianist of his generation. Mm-hmm. 
until he tried to play this piece called La Cinquette, which is regarded as an unplayable piece that was composed by his mentor. Is this a real thing or is this a story? Story. Okay. Because the way you were referring to it, I saw this is a real dude. <laughs> uh, and he, he choked while he was doing this piece and after that went into uh, seclusion. Yeah. So when the movie starts, it's five years later and he's making his comeback in, in, in Chicago. Cool. Um, and he's basically scared shitless because he had massive stage fright. Stage fright. He retired. He was never going to come back. But he figures, but but here he is. He's back again. And he, the reason he's back is partly orchestrated by his wife. And his wife is played by um, uh, Carrie Bichet, I think is the way the name is pronounced. Mm-hmm. And she is a famous actress. She's like the Julie, the, the, the girl next door. Like she's she, carrying him. She's, she's Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. basically. And... And so, what what makes this concert special, aside from the fact that it's his first appearance in five years after choking famously, um, is that the piano that he's going to be playing on is the piano that belonged to his mentor, um, Patrick uh, Goudreau, who, mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning of the film, has just passed away. Right. So, that's all you really need. That sets up the scene. So, he goes into... Pl- he go- and uh, when he goes in there, he's fucking freaking out at the airport. Like, the plane is landed. He's upset because the plane has landed. He wished the plane would fucking crash because he just doesn't want to play the concert. <laughs> you know, um, and he's just... Performance anxiety. Perf- yes. Yeah, just... Uh, he's just fucking scared throughout the entire first half. And then when he... And then, like, you got, you got people, like... Uh, his name is, like... Um, people, like, leaving, like, uh, jokes on his door and everything. So, not helping his confidence at all. And then when he gets there, and... Um, when, when he gets there and he sees the uh, uh, on his, on his sheet music, it's been you know it's written like play one wrong note and you die. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and at first he doesn't quite know what to believe and all that and um, and then there's but there's different things that are written on the sheet music saying that he'll kill his wife. I know what seat your 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 wife's in and all oh. of that. And and it's basically it's it's a one trick pony, mm-hmm. but it. Handles itself amazingly. Is there a bum in the piano? No, no. no. It, it, this is this is a sniper. Okay, that's what I thought when you said speed. I thought like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so so it's like John Cusack is a, he's a sniper and he has you know like he, he, uh, things happen. He puts he's an axe to grind. Um, he puts an earbud in his ear, does he? Well, I mean, like uh, he says, like during the you know like during the during the break, go to your room. I have something for you, which is an earpiece. Elijah Wood thinks that this is people fucking with him, so he just leaves the concert. No. Yeah, like he leaves the co- because there's there's like he he knows he doesn't have to come in for a little bit, but because everyone's expecting him to choke every time he even moves anything, the audience is like, oh, the, the, everyone who's there is there to see him choke. Yeah. So he's got a lot to prove on on all ends. But what's really interesting is that um, the same way that they made a coffin in buried scene, you know, the, you know, like, you know, like, you know, the movie Buried with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, yeah the, the constraints made the movie. Yeah, the constraints made, this one doesn't have nearly as many constraints, mm-hmm. but it's amazing how much mileage they get out of a concert hall. Mm. Um, and it's, it's very, very Hitchcockian in the way that it's approached. Mm. There's, there's hardly any blood. Um, a lot of the killing happens, almost actually all the killing happens off screen. So it's, it's a very, um, it's, it's very old school in the way it's been put together. Mm. And, um, Elijah Wood looks like he pretty much is playing everything himself. Wow. He's not. But it works that way. But it, it's, it's shot in such a way that you cannot tell when it's him and when it's not him. Because mm. he did, he did. I think, like, he, he had, like, a weeks of intensive piano lessons. Um, so a lot of it is him, for sure. Uh, but you cannot tell when it is and when it isn't. Cool. 
Uh, it, the way that's done is very, very cool. Um, John Cusack is essentially playing Martin Blank. Yeah. Um, you can never go home open. <laughs> well, I suppose you can shop there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he plays it very well. Yeah. I mean, John Cusack excels in playing fucking... Nutballs. Interesting creeps. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he's and the older he gets, the more interesting those creeps get. Yes, yes. And uh, it's a solid two-handed, a double-header double then, basically? For the most part, it's the two of them. I mean, of course, there are other actors in it, but it's, it's uh, 80% the two of them. Um, and uh, Alex Winter has a nice part in it as oh, well. Oh, cool. Yeah. Always good to see Alex working. Yeah. <laughs> Ahead of that supposed Bill and Ted reunion. Yeah, yeah. No, Al Al uh, Alex Winter has fun this. One thing I really liked about this is that it knows it's a one-trick pony in the sense that once it's... Once it's um, its idea has reached the limit. Yeah, they end it. Oh, that's good. They cool. they don't they don't try and. There's not a third act fight no, in the no, airport. No, 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 no. And I I found that really refreshing. Yeah. Um, it's not a long movie at all. It clocks in at about eighty five minutes, mm. maybe less. Mm. Um, so that that was nice because these days, it, you know, it seems really hard to find a summer movie that doesn't last two and a half hours. Yeah, it doesn't throw in a necessary third act. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I really, really enjoyed it. Cool, and that's called Grand Piano. Grand Piano, yeah. Because yeah. I noticed that I listen to podcasts and I stop and do something else and I'm back and I'm like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> Quick review of Muppets Most Wanted. Um, I miss Jason Siegel. Oh, yeah? Within the opening minutes of Muppets Most Wanted, it literally ends with them at the end of the last movie where they're singing. And you see like stand-ins for Jason Siegel and Amy Adams with their faces away from the camera. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, now what? And they launch into another song of It's the Muppets again. And instantly the spark is not there. It's really crushing after how good the first of the new Muppets was. Like the Muppets was. It's just, the first song isn't great. I was like watching it going, is this, you know, watching the first one, I never felt, I want to see the song end. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to see this song end. Oh, that's a shame. And it, it, it's a shame because the guy from Brett McKenzie was the music guy again, as far as I know. And the same director was the same. It's just, yeah, I yeah. guess it's that they're also, they don't have that cushion of we're coming back from being away and yeah. putting the band back together. They're always best when they're putting on a, a band back together, putting on a show. And Jason Siegel, he produced it as well. He was quite. A, he and the producer. Yeah, yeah, he, he had a lot of input. And he was writing one. as well in the first one. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. It's a shame. So. Uh, this time, essentially, um, Constantine, the world's most evil frog, um, escapes from a gulag in Siberia, and he obviously looks exactly like Kermit, but mm -hmm. with a mole. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he slaps a mole on Kermit. Ricky Gervais, who's um, his number two. There's, there is, there's, oh, that's a good song. There's a good song where they're singing about, like, Ricky Gervais has always been number two, so that Constantine's number one. Mm -hmm. um, is Dominic Bad Guy? No, it's by G. Like, that's his name, you know, that's kind right, of right, right, right. you're looking at. And having seen, you know, you can, you can tell he's enjoying himself. He's in an awful lot of scenes. He gets a song and dance routine with uh, Constantine, which is kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Constantine can't say the word burglary because he has, he's the Russian frog, you know. He's like, we'll do this burglary. Uh, that's kind of funny. The cameos feel tacked on this time. I mean, Tina Fey, the main characters who play, the, act, the famous actors who play main characters are fine. Like, Tina Fey is fine as a Russian goo-like uh, guard. Ty Burrell and uh, Sam the Eagle have a good little banter between them as the Interpol agent and CIA agent because mm -hmm. the Interpol agent is always going on holiday or taking time off because he's French because they only work a 35-hour week. Mm -hmm. um, there's weird things like James McAvoy turns up as a fucking FedEx guy. He just delivered like uh, Ty Burrell and Sam the Eagle it's in the trailer have an argument over who has the bigger badge right. and he FedExes the biggest badge that Sam has for CIA. It's like 
That was James McAvoy. That was no, Professor X just walked in and out. No, but the Muppets are famous for it. Oh, I know, but it felt a bit more organic in the previous one. And there's an annoying thing where, like, Christoph Waltz turns up and does a waltz as part of the show. Right. With uh, Sweetums. Oh. It's kind of funny. But that's part of the actual the Muppet stage show. But there's an annoying thing with the sing song at the end. Everyone who's done a cameo turns up. And that's kind of like, that's why the Muppets went off in the first... Like, it's being self-indulgent at that point. Right. If they hadn't done that, I would have liked it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um... There's a few good jokes, but it just I didn't find it half as funny or half as catchy. Like, there's no "Am I Man or a Muppet" in this one. Right. Uh, there is a nice Lionel Richie riff where Constantine's singing to Piggy. He'll give her, you know, I'll give you a diamond ring. I'll give you this kind of stuff, and it's kind of cool. But um, it just they didn't have that same zing, unfortunately. And you know, it's very hard to catch lightning in a bottle. They'll, they'll really, if they're going to do another one, they really have to rethink about what they're going to do with it. There's got to be more than just the Muppets. You know what I mean? No, that, that, that's a shame. Yeah. But it is, I mean, they do, I mean, they do nicely get to have Walter. Do you know Walter from the first one? The whistling guy? The guy who didn't realize he was a Muppet? Jason Segel's brother? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he gets to have a nice bit. Like, he's still in it because his whole quest was to be a Muppet. Now he is a Muppet. He's the one who kind of sees that. Because Constantine doesn't talk anything like Kermit. Yeah. And he gets stage fright the first time he has to do the opening. Welcome to the... It's the Muppet Show. Ah, and he's like, I am Kermit. It is good. Yes. So there's kind that's kind of funny, but it does take everyone a long time. And for some reason, I'm not sure. Did Fozzie always have grey eyebrows? When he no. takes off his little hat these days, he looks like he's getting older. Because when he takes the hat off, you can see it's like it, it, even though it's furry, it looks like he's gone bald. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's thin on top. Um. But yeah, but most of it, most of the gags are around that Christoph lets or not Christoph uh, Constantine lets everyone do what they want to do, mm-hmm. and that's bad because Kermit was always the best editor. Like, letting Gonzo yep. do the indoor running of the bulls is a bad idea. But they do it. And it's a bad idea. Or letting the Electric Mayhem do a three-hour solo. Bad idea. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, disappointing. Just not up to the first. But then the first was so good, it's, it, 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 you, know, you don't know how they will be able to catch up with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's... It's a shame. Hopefully they'll get to rectify it. And moving on to our headline review, fresh off the presses... We have uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. This will be a spoiler-free review because I haven't seen any of the yeah. Once Gavin sees it, we might do a spoiler-filled one. But I'll, I'll be going to see it over the weekend, so maybe like next week we'll do a spoiler cast or something. Hmm. So I will keep it light because I don't want to go too much into the plot because part of it... A lot of going into this movie, even the trailers and stuff like that, you can see they're a gang of outlaws, something brings them together, they got to deal with shit. Yeah. And going in and not knowing how to go handle that is pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's part prison movie for a part it's part MacGuffin you know there's a MacGuffin that everyone wants um, there's a little bit of well I want you for this reason these other guys want you for this other reason so we're going to keep you alive until we get what we want and then we're going to fucking kill you yeah. and a, that's how a lot of the relationships built right it starts with Peter Quill mostly and there's a nice opening scene you know, where he gets abducted basically yeah and 26 years later he's Star-Lord which no one fucking calls him which is a nice joke and he hooks up with uh, Zoe Saldana's Gamora, Dave Batista's uh, Drax, uh, Bradley Cooper's Rocket, and um, Vin Diesel as Groot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're after the bounty because Michael Rooker put a bounty on Peter Quill because he pissed him off. Right. Um, it works. It really works. Uh, I wasn't completely blown away. Right. I mean, uh, it, the, the levels come so high for those movies, it's hard to be that blown away anymore. Yeah. But it is very solid. The emotional climax of the movie works really well for me. Right. I was 
you know, it's a team, it's a movie about we're losers. We've all lost something at one point. He says a speech, but like we're going to try and get something back. Mm-hmm. Um, in the comics, isn't Drax like fucked with by Ta- he's fucked with by Thanos? But didn't Thanos make him stronger or something? Like he's 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 been weaponized essentially because Drax can like end of the well, comics Drax is a destroyer like he's fucking unstoppable well, right? Well, Jax, Drax was created to destroy Thanos. Mm. So in this they haven't done that. Right. Um, and the first time he fights Ronan the Accuser he gets his ass handed to him. Right. Which sounds weird when you see that trailer where it's like it's him with knives and spaceships. Yeah. Because you're thinking he could totally fucking do that in the comics. Yeah. It's a bit harder to uh, to realize on screen this red and blue dude beating the shit out of everything yeah. flying and stuff. Um, the bad guys are great as well they build up the cast really well mm-hmm. and you see Thanos on screen he, he's sitting in a chair the whole time um, you know and Lee Pace is, they've made Ronan the Accuser work mm-hmm. like the, the, the black shit on his face that's actually like face paint he has on because he's an adherent to the Kree Empire and they've been the Kree have the Kree guys are just blue guys I don't know if they're blue green. guys in the comics green. they're blue in this oh, right. okay. they're mostly blue um, the Zandarians are all like Glenn Close and um, John C. Reilly John C. Reilly or they're pink <laughs> so it's weird little color things like that um, but yeah basically the Infinity Stones are involved that's related to the MacGuffin uh, Benicio Del Toro's Tandler Tavan does turn up and that Adam Warlock pod is still in that fucking background sitting there looking at you the whole fucking time Okay. and something happens in this that could wake him up but that's a weird place to go for that because that's even more obscure than fucking Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, yeah, yeah. I only know about that because I had to look it up yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it whistles on a great place. James Gunn has done a great movie. It's bright, it's colourful, the CGI looks great. Um, Chris Pratt looks great. You know, when they go to the prison, you've got to have the obligatory hose-down scene. It's fucking ripped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave Batista's even more fucked. Like, there's a point where he's just walking away from camera and it's like, that guy's like a bus. <laughs> like, the interior, the spaceship's cool, the Milano mm-hmm. that they have is pretty cool. Um, when it comes to the CGI with Rocket and Groot, you wouldn't even know it's Vin Diesel. There's yeah. so much processing going on there, you can't hear it. Yeah. He doesn't say a lot for a while. They don't play off that joke too much. Yeah. Yeah. Groot does get to have some great moments. Rocket talks a lot more. Um, he's but, a little shit. He's got so many issues. Yeah, but he always has. Yeah. And like he even says, what's a fucking raccoon? Or not what's a fucking raccoon, what's a raccoon? There's a lot of cursing in this as well, which I don't know whether it'll be in that here. But they do they do curse a lot, and there's one which is great because it's it's a, you know, it's a statement of attention, bitch. And I can't say what it is because it'll ruin that moment. So, there's just a lot of, there's, it's a very to and fro movie. It's a heist movie, but it's like a defending the thing they've stolen, and, you know, Yuman Hansu's uh, Korath is after them, and right. uh, Thanos is a posse. You know, Gamora starts off as part of his posse. Nebula, Karen Gillan's Nebula, I thought after Doctor Who she'd be one of those actresses who'd be a bit part. She gets way more fucking dude than I thought she would. All right. And she's pretty cool in it. She's all fucked up as well. Everyone, yeah. who were, everyone who's considered a child of Thanos is just fucked and there's a great scene because she's most a lot of her she's more machine than man now, like Darth Vader and there's a great scene of her putting herself back together which is just fucking body horror nastiness oh wow um, I gotta come back to Lee Pace I mean Lee Pace is, is obscured by blue makeup and then his black paint shit that you can see it's like it's, it's thick on his skin like paint yeah that's how they, they did that look of that weird Cree makeup thing yeah but he has the hood on and the hammer's fucking awesome and he's a badass right like he threatens Thanos he's fucking he, he thinks he's up to it Everyone, I mean, it's got. They got to stop doing that at some point. Yeah, and Josh Brolin, the voice is great. It suits it perfectly. You know, he's just completely CGI creation. You do see him head to toe. He's sitting down the whole fucking time, though. Mm-hmm. Or he's the emperor. He's the emperor on a vid screen. Right. Um, 
But yeah, it's just visually inventive. It's colorful. It's bright. It's cool. Rocket's pretty cool. I didn't try to invest too. I mean, James Gunn said Rocket should be the heart of the movie. You can get it a bit, but that's why the Bradley Cooper thing, it's too sacky or something. It doesn't quite sell it. You're going to be disappointed with Cosmo. All right, right. Well, I don't think, uh, I think majority of the movie going public doesn't give a shit. Yeah, no, but you are. Yeah, okay. Just for you, because you're not going to see an awful lot of them. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a hint for later. Right. And nowhere as well, the, 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 the Guardians are swallowed, uh, the Guardians uh, headquarters in the comic books, it's a mining colony. All right. So there's loads of people there, so it's not quite the same. Right. For those of you who don't know, in the comic books, uh, nowhere spelt oh, the, with a K, yeah. K-N-O, uh, that's um, where the, uh, the Guardians hang out with, uh, and it's, it's uh, run by Cosmo, a telepathic dog. Yeah, a, a telepathic cosmonaut dog. Yes, cosmonaut dog. Russian cosmonaut dog. He is wearing the suit. Awesome. Is it a real dog? Yeah. Fucking awesome. Yeah. So, and I didn't see, there was that interview, I think I said, we talked about the last podcast where James Gunn said, yeah, trying to get, you know, Cosmo not to hump the reg extras was hard enough. I don't imagine doing a Cosmo movie would be very easy. But, like, they're setting up a lot of things. There's a whole question over Peter Quill's parentage. There's a whole uh, thing over multiple people want this MacGuffin. Right. And one is Thanos. And don't know who the other ones are. And is there any reference to any of the other Marvel films? No, there might be there's a there's a dark elf in the collector's collection no I mean but like are any of the characters spoken about nothing this no. is a it's a new thing it's a new thing now the press screening hours and apparently this is for all press screenings will only have they won't have the post credit tease that could be where they tie it in I see and I'm thinking the easiest way to do it would be with Thor maybe yeah. they were the ones after the stone I don't know because well it makes the most sense because uh, they live in that world well, and also the Thor post-credits thing was directly related to Guardians, so yeah. it's very possible. Because it's not fucking Iron Man, it's no. not fucking Hulk or fucking no. Captain America. No. Um, in space! <laughs> but um, are you starting to get Marvel fatigue at all? No, not yet. I mean, like I said, I was, getting, I was waiting for it to knock my socks off. It didn't quite, but I said that emotional climax got me. There's a good thing there that's set up earlier on, and they, they, they pay it off nicely, and it's... You know, when they're called the Guardians of the Galaxy, it actually works. And what happens after that is awesome. Right. Just the way they deal with this all-powerful guy and handle him is quite interesting. And seeing them come together as a team, and they're like, what will we do after this? So it sets up a lot of things. It's definitely an origin movie. Right. Um, so that's why I worry about it. Not, it's not going to... I don't think it can break Avengers movie because they had all their origin movie and they could just do the, 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 yeah. the main plot. But, you know, the Thanos subplot is moving along. Right. Um, I want to see more of Karen Gillan just kicking ass. I want to see more of Gamora kicking ass as well. Um, How's Chris Pratt? Chris Pratt is great, solid lead, and you know the the eighties thing. He leaves Earth in nineteen eighty eight. Right. The only thing he has is that mixtape, right. that awesome mixtape, right. which plays throughout and it's great. The the, the, the songs they choose are, chose are great, and his references are great. Like some of them are like, you know, these fuckers have got these these assholes have got the sticks up their butt. And she's like, Gamora's like, why would who who put sticks up their butts? That's that's cruel. <laughs> and she's an assassin murderer motherfucker like for her to say that that's kind of weird but yeah it's really good and Dave Batista has some nice lines because uh, Drax comes from a planet where they're, they're literal right they don't have metaphors right so there's some funny gags there there's the whole I am Groot thing it's just arguing constantly with Rocket because he's still a dickhead <laughs> but yeah highly recommend go see it just you know temper your expectations a little bit okay. you know it's a good solid Marvel movie but it's not like gonna like I mean I think the Avengers is still the top one. Uh, cool. The Thor movies are up there for me. A lot of people don't rate the Thor movies, but I really like the. I, I, I like the Thor movies. Yeah. 
No, I like all of the Marvel movies for different reasons. Yeah. I, I think part of the problem is that Marvel is now its own big screen cable channel. Yeah. And they're all done in the same color palette. And this one is this is a lot of oranges, blues, reds. It's oh man, that's our no, but but, but but Marvel is very colorful. Mm. It's very colorful, and I you know I don't have any issues with it. Uh, I, I I just sometimes worry that we're gonna get too many of them. Yeah, maybe. That that's that's too many too soon. That that's my concern. Mm. But yeah, I mean the Nova Corps got slightly nerfed. Oh, okay. They don't because they 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 got they can't be the saviors, right? Yeah. So they don't fly independently. They got spaceships, right? And uh, spaceship, but they are kind of like they don't. They, 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 there's enough of them left that they don't, they can't do a Nova thing yet. Didn't see Nathan Fillion in it. He's supposed to be in there somewhere. Yeah, they were supposed to be. Uh, I didn't. I mean, maybe it's a voice he did. I didn't get it. Right. But yeah, good solid movie all around and genuinely funny. Like pretty kick-ass funny. The audience I was out quite liked it as well. So definitely recommend. Cool. All right. And I want to rock it. <laughs> so that is it for our show. As usual, we shall wrap it up with the box office results from Malaysia and the U.S. We shall. <laughs> okay, in Malaysia, at number 10, K, Missing King. Anime movie. I had an invite to this, but I didn't know a single fucking thing about it. Number 9, The Anomaly. It has Boone from Lost in it. Awesome. That's all I know. Wasn't press screen. Number eight, Deliver Us from, from Evil. Evil, which is basically the what was that movie with the baby, evil baby, the one that ripped off Devil's Do. Devil's Do basically seems yeah. to be the same thing. Number seven, Hungry Ghost Ritual. Chinese movie. Number six, The Lion Men, Ultimate Showdown. Number five, Twenty Two Jump Street. Don't know if it's been cut for Malaysia. Number four, The Fault in Our Stars. AKA that cancer movie. Number three, Transformers: Age of Extinction. AKA Gavin reviewed it last time. AKA an ad for everything. Yeah. Number two. Vilayila Patahari. Patahari. Number one, Dawn, Dawn of, of the Planet, Planet of the Apes. You seen that yet? Not yet. You gotta see it, man. I know, good. I know, I know. Number ten, Earth to Echo, which is not the ET ripoff it sounds like, apparently. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Number nine, Maleficent. Still haven't seen it. Still can't answer. Um, what's his name? The guy did play with. Oh, uh, Charles. Charles can't. Yeah. Answer Number Charles eight, question, How yeah. to Train Your Dragon Two. Heard heard good things, but it's not I've doing so well. I've heard it's very but good. Apparently, it's not doing quite as well, yeah. is it? Number seven, 22 Jump Street. Number six, Tammy. Which is the Melissa McCarthy movie, right? Yep. Number five, Transformers Age of Extinction. Number four, Sex Tape. Number three, Planes, Fire and Rescue. Jesus, seriously? Yeah. That's the fucking Planes movie sequel? That's a directed video bullshit? Yep. God. Number two, The Purge, Anarchy. And at number one, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again next time. Bye. Bye.